Welcome to the Growing Rural Podcast, where we focus on all things rural in South Carolina. We will discuss topics on healthcare, economy, education, and the unique culture that is our rural state. This podcast is supported by the South Carolina Center for Rural and Primary Healthcare. Please join us for today's topic. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Growing Rural Podcast. I'm your host today, Dr. Megan Wise. And I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest today. Our guests are three medical students here at the University of South Carolina School of Medicine in Columbia, Alyssa Campanelli, Bryce Jiren, and Catherine Kelly. So welcome all of you to the podcast. As I said, we're so excited to have you here and learn a little bit about your journeys and your hopes and your dreams and what you've learned so far going along. So to get started off, can you each tell us a little bit about yourself, um, include your name, you know, for the voice, and where you're from, what year you are, and maybe a little bit about what drew you to medicine? Yeah, so my name is Alyssa Campanelli. I grew up mostly in Greer, South Carolina, so um, I have always been a fan of our state. I love um, our community that we've had both in the upstate and here. Um, I went to University of South Carolina for undergrad, so I've been in Columbia for a few years now. Um, and I've always been interested in going into medicine. You know, I think it's one of the most meaningful ways you can help other people by um, helping them achieve good health and keep it up. So I've always been drawn towards that. And um, the more I've learned about health in South Carolina, the more I've been interested in kind of growing rural health here. Hey, I'm glad to be here today. My name is Bryce Jaron. I'm a second-year medical student here at the University of South Carolina, uh, and I also did my undergrad here at USC. Uh, I'm originally from Charlotte, but I spent the first eight years of my life growing up in India, uh, where I learned a lot of like the values I still carry with me to this day. Um, I guess for me, one of the big things that drew me to medicine, apart from my experiences in college, such as volunteering and shadowing, uh, were was just like my my family growing up. They've always pushed like education uh, as like one of the most important like tenets of like uh, growing up and and so I always carry that with me and I've always wanted to be a doctor ever since I was a kid Um, as far as rural goes something that uh, notably brought my attention to it was the summer before I went to college I actually took a tour of northern India with my grandpa and we went all throughout the countryside and I got to see a lot of really interesting things and meet a lot of interesting people. At one point we went to like a monastery where a lot of children who were orphaned were just staying and I got to meet and interact with a lot of them and it kind of just opened my eyes to how much I've been given just to be able to live in this country. Uh, And so one of the things I wanted to do with my career was be able to give back because I've been able to have the blessings that I have been given. So um, those are just a couple things that brought me towards medicine, and I'm really glad to be here today. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Catherine. I am a current second-year medical student as well. Um, I'm from the suburbs outside of Atlanta, um, Marietta, if anyone knows it. So not really from a small town really at all, but I've always wanted to go into medicine and um, ever since I was little. And my experiences throughout high school and college and shadowing um, kind of really solidified that for me. Um and I am interested in OBGYN and PEDS, um, which are kind of uh, specialties which are in need in rural health. What uh, what drew you specifically to uh, OBGYN? Um, I'm really passionate about women's health in general. I just, you know, that's kind of something that I've always 
um, been interested in, and um, I just like the uh, opportunity to um, do like procedural work, but also be in the clinic and make those long-term relationships with patients. Thank you. Uh, Alyssa and Bryce, do you guys have any uh, burgeoning specialty interests? I'm really interested in pediatrics right now, too. Um, I love the prospect of being able to really just change the trajectory of someone's whole life by helping them have a healthy childhood and get the best start in life possible. So um, I'm really interested in primary care and especially working with kids. Uh, I'm completely opposite. I don't think I want to work with kids. Uh, I just feel like I've uh, always kind of like been able to get along with adults a little bit better, so I want to practice adult medicine. I haven't fully decided what specialty I want to go into. I'm pretty open right now. I'm kind of just waiting until rotations next year so I can explore a little bit more and then kind of uh, figure out where I feel like I'll fit in and what I would enjoy doing you know, for the rest of my life. But a couple of specialties that I am leaning towards include uh, family medicine, internal medicine, uh, in psychiatry. Yeah, and all of you guys are studying um, studying things that are of critical need in all our rural areas in South Carolina and nationally. All of you are members of the Rural Health Interest Group, which is a student-led group here at the School of Medicine. Could you guys tell me a little bit more about the group, its purpose, its mission, and um, just a little bit more about it, please? Yeah, sure. So I am the president of the interest group for this year. And so our goal is to really engage with medical students who may be interested in rural, maybe don't know a whole lot about rural medicine and want to learn a little bit more. Um, So we try to organize speakers and events that can help sort of raise awareness of rural health issues and sort of explore what rural health care looks like at the moment and how that could change in the future um, so that we can really foster interest among medical students into going into rural health. I'm the vice president. I think the biggest goal um, for the rural health interest group is connecting people that might be interested in rural medicine, but maybe don't know a lot about it. And I think that um, it's kind of hard to get connected in those rural areas just because, um, you know, they are a little farther out than just our immediate Columbia area that we do our normal rotations in. So I think that um, connecting students with Um, clinics in need is kind of a big thing that we've really tried to focus on this year. Yeah, and we get to connect people with, you know, all the wonderful folks at the Center for Rural and Primary Health (laughs) and make those connections to maybe foster careers in rural as well. I know you guys have brought in a lot of different speakers um, over the past few years and, and this year too. Are there any specific topics or speakers that have come in that really um, sparked your interest or really shared something that was new to you? Um, From more of a concrete perspective, I have always enjoyed our loan repayment talks just because I think that's an aspect uh, that a lot of people don't know about, um, that it can be really fruitful to go into rural medicine, and um, there's a lot of good reasons to to work there and help out. Um, Yeah, that was one that stood out for me at least. (laughs) So I'm actually uh, in that loan repayment program, um, and I don't know how much y'all know about that, but essentially... Uh, it's if you work in a rural area in South Carolina for four years in one of six specialties after you finish residency, then you can be forgiven up to $150,000 of your debt, uh, which you borrow from from them. Um, and so, that, I mean, that's really cool. It's a really cool opportunity, especially if you are planning on uh, staying in the area, um, which as of right now I am. So what sparked your interest in rural to become part of the Rural Health Interest Group to begin with? 
just kind of wanted to learn more about it. But when I was in college, one of the things I did was volunteer at the free medical clinic uh, where we would see patients who were below 175% of the poverty line. And one of the things I learned while I was there was just how grateful they were to just be able to see someone and just talk to them. Even, you know, me just being a college student, you know, people would open up about all kinds of things to me about their lives and the things that were going, that was going on with them. And it kind of just made me like so appreciative for the opportunity to just be there with them and just like help them through like their difficult time. Um, And so, I mean, at that point in my life, I definitely wasn't set on it. I still am not set on it right now, but I'm kind of just like leaning towards it and I'm interested. And so I am part of the group just to kind of learn more about it and, and see where that takes me. And kind of similar to your background, Bryce, um, I've always, you know, been aware that there's a lot of health disparities around the world and that, you know, we were we've been very fortunate with the opportunities we've been given to study medicine here, go to school, get great education. Um, So when I was growing up, I thought, oh, you know, maybe I need to go to the most remote corner of the world and like bring health care to the people who really need it. And as I learned more throughout college that we have some of those own needs um, in our own backyard, too, and there's a lot of room to make a difference here in the state as well. And so I learned a lot um, by taking a healthcare delivery class in undergrad with Dr. Bennett. So I got to learn a lot more specifics about um, the the state of our rural health and directions we're moving. And that really sparked an interest to stay here. Um, I will be honest, my interest sparked uh, for rural health because of Uh, the program that Bryce was talking about, I'm doing that as well, the loan forgiveness program. Um, And I saw that when I, after I had been accepted into medical school and I saw the $150,000 and I was like, hmm, that, that, I could be interested in that. Um, And then I kind of thought more about it because it is kind of a big commitment. The more I uh, looked into it, (laughs) the more I realized that that was actually something that I did want to do. And it kind of aligned with my career goals that I had already thought for myself um, as far as like specialties that I wanted to go into and um, just kind of was a no brainer for me. So I know at least two of you are definitely planning on practicing in a rural area um, after graduation and going through all your residencies and stuff. What do you think that'll look like? So for me, I am really not sure, uh, you know, especially since COVID has started, everything is so different now um, in medicine, especially, you know, with uh, even the other day, I saw something about how one in five providers are leaving medicine. So I don't know what it's going to look like in the future. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, and also, uh, I, I will need to like do a little bit more shadowing to kind of just figure out like where I fit in and what I would like doing as far as a specialty goes. So rural, uh, it's definitely seems like it'd be challenging, uh, but I've never, you know, been shy to a challenge. (laughs) Um, but it's hard to say. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's definitely true that the landscape is changing a lot. So it's it's hard to say even in just a couple of years what it's going to look like. Um, I would definitely, you know, be interested in providing primary care, but whether that's part of an independent office or incorporated with a health system, that's still really up in the air for me. But um, I'm excited for at least opportunities to get out and serve the broader community as well. And with the program, we'll go off and do our residency, um, you know, wherever we get chosen for that. And then we'll come back to South Carolina if we're outside of South Carolina. Um, So kind of looking forward, I think that it will be interesting to see which areas are still considered rural. I think that there will be a lot of changes over the next few years. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so where exactly we'll end up, we really don't know. And what, what it will look like, I feel like it's just so it changes so fast that we have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of those changes have really been accelerating, particularly uh, with, with COVID-19 and then the pandemic, and we've seen the changes just in the practice of medicine with the rapid expansion of telemedicine. I think um, we all know it was growing and it would continue to grow, but that acceleration was just exponential through the necessity. Definitely. So you guys really became first-year medical students during the pandemic, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure brought on a whole um, a whole host of other challenges, perhaps than just what you might have thought about as you were preparing for your medical med school journey. So, how how do you think COVID nineteen has really shaped your experience um, as a medical student here? Um, it's been different, that's for sure. Um, doing all online classes first year was pretty tough. I mean, we were in class like probably a fourth of the time, um, but there was a lot of time that we studied from home, and I think that that was definitely an adjustment for me. Um, also, we maybe haven't gotten the experience of all of the in-person events that maybe like the classes in the past have had, so I think that that has definitely been interesting. Yeah, as Catherine said, there's definitely pros and cons to it. I like to think of it from you know, positive light. I, I, I've honestly really enjoyed just having online classes, just being able to do the lectures and the material on my own pace at my own time. Uh, because a lot of times, no matter how hard I try, I always end up just like being a night person, staying up super late, waking up later in the day. So it's like not having to wake up at six and get to class by eight and, you know, be attentive until 12 and then go home and study. It's like, I I can kind of do things on my own time. So in that way, I think the pandemic has benefited me personally. I know everyone doesn't feel that way. Uh, But as Catherine alluded, there are definitely cons as well, just in the sense that um, I feel like we didn't get to meet as many people in our class or form as uh, close relationships as quote unquote, like traditional medical students have been able to with people in their class just because we didn't get to have those social events or we didn't get to do the types of things that uh, that that normally would have been done pre-pandemic just because, you know, we don't we don't want to spread COVID, right? Yeah. uh, Yeah. You can kind of feel that there's some loss of just bonding that, uh, you know, medical school being such a harrowing experience really brings people together that first year. Um, And we've missed out on some lab time, you know, doing our ultrasound curriculum here and um, the gross anatomy lab we do the first year. Our time was a bit more limited than usual, but we're trying to make up for that now. So I think at least coming towards the back end of this, we're getting more of those social events in now. So it's nice getting to actually know everyone in my class now. Absolutely, and it's something that your whole uh, your whole class obviously has have been has been dealing with, along with everyone else in, in the country. So it's um, a deeply personal and unique experience, but also one which have a lot of uh, colleagues uh, experiencing it as as well. Um, to go back to talking a little bit about practice and in in rural, um, you know, you guys both through your uh, curriculum and learning about. Um, the challenges we have in South Carolina, some of the health uh, challenges uh, that w- that we deal with. What types of challenges do you think we face surrounding healthcare in rural communities that you've really become aware of and have been learning about? Um, one of the things that I thought was definitely lacking is our access to prenatal care and able to 
being able to do those checkups. Um, so I'm really glad you're going into <laughs> OB, at least at the moment. Um, that's definitely something that we can improve on. And, you know, before the pandemic, we would say we could really expand telehealth services. I think COVID has shown that it's possible and we can get there a little bit faster. Um, so I'm really excited for those sorts of changes, but especially for um, services like psychiatry that could really uh, benefit from telehealth expansion. That would be uh, a good change going forward. Um, and then the last thing I think would be um, just a lot of what I love, health maintenance and preventive services, you know, making sure you're up to date on immunizations and screenings. Um, sometimes if you're out in a rural area, it's not feasible to just come in just for a well check, you know, so trying to make things like that more feasible would be um, a direction I would want to move in. Yeah, Bryce, Catherine? In my opinion, one of the biggest challenges that we face would be the lack of public transportation as far as in rural communities connecting them to the offices that they need to be as far as medical care. Um, I worked at a pediatrician's office during my gap year um, between undergrad and medical school, and we had a lot of people that would travel an hour, an hour and a half um, just to come for their well visits. And when you think about the amount of people that actually did travel that far, then it makes you realize that there's probably twice as many people that aren't able to make that trip um, in order to get the kind of, you know, medical care for their kids and, you know, for themselves in general. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of connecting people as far as um, if they need to go to a specialist that may only be in that city, but maybe don't have the transportation. I think that that's definitely one of the challenges that we face. Now, you make a really good point. And just to kind of elaborate on that, uh, over the summer, I worked on this research project with um, a researcher at the College of Charleston. And one of the things that, that we were looking at was just like rural health and telemedicine. Um, and one of the things I found was there were multiple counties and the counties that they were trying to expand telemedicine in around Charleston, uh, like four of those counties have a primary care provider placement score of less than 30%, which means that less than 30% of the people that live in those counties have a primary care provider within 30 minutes of them. So, I mean, that just highlights, you know, one, you know, you go about your day, you go about your business, are you gonna drive over 30 minutes to go see a doctor and you don't even know you know, what's wrong with you, you don't, you don't know that you need to get preventative services, you're not gonna do that. So they're not, they're not, they don't have the access to care um, that you know, people that live in less rural communities do and so they're just not getting, getting things taken care of. And so one of the goals of the project that I was working on was to expand telemedicine to those areas uh, to reach out and inform people of preventative services such as hepatitis vaccinations, um, STI prevention, um, and immunizations, et cetera, just so that because there's such a need for it. So, you know, there definitely are some challenges, if, as you guys have shared, about accessing medicine and healthcare in rural areas. What types of recommendations would you make to improve that healthcare experience in rural areas? I think one of the biggest things is expanding telehealth, uh, especially for rural areas. But along with that comes access to broadband internet. And that's such a, I mean, that's kind of out of our control. Um, Although there are improvements that I hope will be made in the next few years, especially with the passing of the infrastructure bill that just went through Congress. So hopefully there will be some improvements. But before telehealth, I think, can be a viable solution. But before that happens, I think we do need to expand broadband Internet access to those areas, because without that, you know, people uh, who 
could be uh, less technologically versed one aren't going to be able to access the services so there's no point in implementing them if they don't have access to them and two uh, once they get that then they will be able to um, have those uh, calls with their providers uh, without having to you know make that journey um, just set up the appointment make the call figure out what you need order the labs you know refills etc and, and and I think it could really make a difference I also think just um, bringing more providers in general to the rural communities is going to be super helpful. And I think that um, the incentives that um, have been coming up as far as, you know, loan forgiveness and uh, stipends for providers that do um, work in rural communities is going to be very influential in getting our South Carolina medical school graduates um, to go practice in those communities because there are a lot of positives that maybe people just don't know about. Yeah, and we could even add a step in that pathway by expanding like how many residency slots are available in rural areas yeah. mm-hmm. even before actually practicing. Mm -hmm. And I think in the future, too, we're going to see the expansion of um, other healthcare professionals like NPs, PAs, and um, even like EMT services um, kind of expanding to take on some of those needs in rural areas as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and Catherine, you uh, started to mention it, uh, lead into one of my other questions, because, you know, we've talked about some of the challenges and, and all of that, but there is so much wonderful about rural and living in rural and practicing in rural. Uh, could you guys share some of what you see, um, you know, what draws you to it, the good that you see and, and those wonderful opportunities that are there? I think the sense of community is unmatched um, compared to other areas. You know, besides just knowing who everyone is and knowing their names, just feeling that like you're all part of one community, you're all working towards the same goals. Um, I think that's a really special aspect of it. I think one thing that Rural offers is the uh, patient-centered relationship where you get to you know know the people in your community and uh, work with them over a long period of time and kind of uh, help them manage their uh, conditions over a long period of time. And I feel like that would be really rewarding as well to go into. Um, when I was in undergrad trying to figure out like what specialty I might want to go into and I shadowed like an internist, one of the things that I noticed about uh, his practice was just the way that he interacted with people that he'd been seeing for over 15 years and how, you know, he knew everything about them. He knew about their family lives. He knew about, you know, their dogs and their dogs' funerals and, you know, kids being born and kids going to college and all that. And I think that's a really special bond that uh, it would be easier to make while practicing in a rural area. I think that all of us probably um, went into medicine because we want to interact with people and, you know, form those relationships with our patients. And I think that working in a rural community, especially, um, you are kind of at an advantage as far as um, you may be the only one in the community who is able to provide that care for those people. And so, um, you know, you can kind of form those relationships, kind of like Bryce and Alyssa were saying, where um, if maybe you work in a practice where there's uh, 20 different physicians, and every time that somebody comes in, they may have to see a different physician. Um, It's, you know, you're kind of at an advantage in that aspect. 
Yeah, and we know that when patients feel more connected with their providers, then like the healthcare outcomes are better too, and you have better treatment and better resolution of issues. No, definitely. And one of the other things I learned over the summer with my project uh, was while they were establishing the telehealth network, they did uh, like they did some research on people in the area, and they basically interviewed them, asking like, "What would you like to see out of a telehealth practice? What could you?" Uh, what, what would you be interested in? And one of the things that they highlighted was uh, establishing trust and rapport with the physicians that they would see because they didn't want to get on a computer or a FaceTime or something with somebody that they didn't know, you know, because it's a lot harder to open up and talk about your problems. You know, it's a lot harder to, you know, get asked, how are you? And just say, I'm fine, rather than actually explaining like what's going on and, and what you might need if you don't know the person. So I think trust and rapport is, is really important, especially uh, in, in those areas. As students, I know you work with a lot of different folks and have a lot of different experiences both throughout, um, you know, high school and undergrad and coming here. I was wondering if you have um, any specific mentors or people who have been particularly influential in, in, in your path uh, for both medicine, your interest in rural, and if you want to acknowledge them. So I kind of talked a little bit before about how I worked at a pediatric office before, and physicians historically are very busy. Um, So to find a physician who will kind of put that time and effort into forming a relationship with you and kind of helping you um, along your journey into getting into medical school um, from there on is pretty special. And I worked for a doctor, Dr. Bowen, um, and he really helped me the entire way. He read all my essays um, and really kind of shaped my um, my approach towards medicine. Uh, I don't know if I would say that I've really had a mentor directing me towards rural specifically, but uh, towards uh, maybe some of my greater goals, one of my professors in undergrad, uh, she was really influential, just a she was my organic chemistry professor and while I was in her class there were just a lot of things about the way that she taught her class that I picked up on and that I really appreciated that she would do and kind of go out of her way to to make known uh, such as like learning everybody's name and handwriting the lecture notes every single day instead of like you know reading off PowerPoint slides uh, just to show that uh, it, there was different ways to do it that showed that you could care that you, that I thought was more effective because um, uh, one of my big goals at some point in my life is to become a professor uh, maybe to medical students or even undergrads I haven't fully decided yet it's way down the line but um, it, just from being in her class it, it really kind of showed me like what I kind of value and what I think better helps people learn while you're taking a difficult class. Um, And so that was really influential for me. As far as uh, like medicine goes, uh, Dr. Reinhardt, who works in admissions here at the medical school, I met him while I was an undergrad, uh, and I had like repeated meetings with him. And we've been out to lunch like plenty of times. And he's he always like tells me uh, about how uh, his family is doing and about how like medicine is changing. And we always have these deep uh, discussions that I kind of I take home with me and 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 keep doing research on just to kind of expand uh, my idea of, of 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 where the field is right now and and how things are going. Um, and so my discussions with him really kind of have 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 kind of expanded my view of medicine, I'd say. Um, but 
I'm definitely still, you know, reaching out and, and trying to find more people to talk to about it because, you know, the more the more you know, right? Yeah, and honestly, I'm having trouble pinpointing down particular people just because I've had so many teachers and advisors and professors over the years who have taught me different aspects of medicine, even if they weren't specifically our, our medical faculty here, uh, just from basic sciences to, you know, medical ethics professors, things like that. And I feel like all of my teachers have just been like so supportive and, you know, pushing me to do my best, work towards my goals um, and get into medical school, succeed in medical school. So I'm really grateful for all of their support, for sure. And even my family, even though um, no one's really in medicine in the field, um, they've always just been an example of hard work and dedication and um, working towards something bigger. So there's honestly been too many people to help me along the way. (laughs) I guess I'd also like to add uh, like a really big influence in my life has been my grandpa. So when I lived in India, it was like him and my grandma taking care of me. And he really just like kind of just showed me like the traditional way of life in India and kind of instilled those values in me even from such a young age. Um, And, you know, I still call him like every two weeks, you know, just check in and see how things are going. Um, Because, I mean, I never really had like a father figure in my life. And so he's always kind of been that for me. Um, And I was really grateful. Last time I saw him was actually my sophomore year in college and even even though he's like 80 years old he still like made the like journey from like there all the way here just to like see USC and like come and visit me and we took a walk around the horseshoe which is one of my favorite places on campus and he was just telling me about you know never forget where you're from like, you know always give thanks to God always you know remember the values that you know you've grown up with and they'll take you far in life and and so I, I just want to give a shout out to my grandpa. That's so wonderful. I'm I'm tearing up a little bit. I just can't imagine how incredibly special that was for you and, and for him, and and the amount of pride that he has in you. That was wonderful. What would you tell to any of our listeners out there who are considering going into medicine? I think my first piece of advice was would be to make sure you can't imagine yourself doing anything else because it's definitely going to take a lot of work and dedication to go there. So um, you should definitely know like why you're going into medicine, um, what's driving you towards that, um, and that'll carry you through all the difficulties for sure. As some might call him a great man, once said, you can't change the world by working 40 hours a week. And the reason I said, as some might say, is because that great man, quote unquote, was Elon Musk. <laughs> but the thing, the thing about that uh, that I like is, you know, maybe as doctors, we're not going to be changing the entire world, but we're going to be making a world of a difference in our patients' lives. And I think that's really important to remember. Um, and so, why I would say that to someone that is thinking about going into medicine is because. To get there, you're going to have to work a lot harder than 40 hours a week. I mean, us three right now, we're probably studying and just like going through our daily routines. It's, it's all day, every day. This is what we're doing, you know, you know, waking up till we go to bed. It's like we're trying to get through the next test, you know, accomplish, you know, do research, you know, do other things to further ourselves. So it, it's not it's not we're clocking in our 40 hours a week and then we're done. It's this is our lives. So if, if this is what you want to do, really know that it's going to take a lot of hard work and dedication and passion uh, to get there. Okay, we have, a, we have a question we ask of all our guests. We don't send it to them in advance. Um, but there are 
There are so many definitions overall. I know we've talked about that. I think uh, one of the uh, guest lecturers, Dr. Bennett, uh, shares, you know, there's over 76 definitions just for the federal government for what rural is. So how would you define rural? How would you describe rural to someone who is unsure of what it really is? That's a really great question. Um, I think for me, it may not necessarily have to do with a lack of like medical resources, but maybe a lack of general resources. Because, you know, even for me, there will be times where I'm driving out to Charleston or to Greenville, and I'm the kind of person that likes to take the road less traveled. Literally, I will take the back roads because they're just more enjoyable to drive on. And kind of going through some of those places, I just noticed there's literally nothing out there. There'll be a Walmart, and then there'll be 50 miles, and then there'll be like, you know, a gas station, you know, so so maybe not necessarily a lack of medical resources, but a lack of access to different types of food. Yeah, I know we're trying to nail down the exact way to define it based on population densities and all of these different metrics that we keep track of. Um, but it's, it's almost one of those things where, you know, you can feel it when you're in a rural area, um, which maybe is why it's so hard to define. But um, for sure, if you are in a small town, you know the folks in your town, you build those connections, I think you know you're in a rural area there. I would say, in my opinion, one of the biggest uh, kind of defining features of a rural area would be uh, kind of as Bryce was saying, the distance and kind of time it takes you and access to grocery stores, um, just kind of basic necessities, um, including, you know, medical care. But just, uh, if you know, if it takes you 45 minutes to get to the grocery store, I think that that would definitely be considered rural. Um rather than having, you know, 10 within a five-mile radius, um, as we kind of have here in Columbia. I just want to thank all of you so much for coming and sharing your stories and your perspectives with us today. Um, Really excited to know that we have students um, like you here at the School of Medicine, and more importantly, you are going to be out serving um, folks in rural areas and serving your patients wherever you decide to go and and where it it takes you. I think um, it's really inspiring and really heartening to know that that you are among our, our future physicians. So for more information on our guest today and the University of South Carolina School of Medicine in Columbia, please check out our show notes. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out soon. And if you've liked what you've heard, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear on our program, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to the Growing Rural Podcast. If you found the content valuable, please leave a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen so that others can find us. For more information, please visit our website at scruralhealth.org or find us on Twitter at SC underscore CRPH. This was recorded at the University of South Carolina in Columbia. Y'all take care.